Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Sherp Shop's Gaming Podcast, the podcast where we give our opinions, and uh, we don't care what you think about it. This week with me is Chris. Hello. Dave. Hey, how's it going? And Phil. Hey, guys. So, guys, before we get into the main week's topics, is there anything gaming news that you guys want to go over or anything? <laughs> this uh, saga of GameStop stock has just been purely entertaining. That's all I have to say about it. So my wife just texted me a meme about it. The thing gamers understand that hedge fund managers don't, didn't is that GameStop never trades at a reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh... You know, I, I really, I really thought about buying a GameStop stock this week, just just to stick it to the man, you know. But yeah, but as a person who uh, suffered greatly in the two thousand eight economy crash, uh, I, I I agree with everything that has been happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for what Robinhood has done and other yeah. things mm. like that. Yeah, yeah, not a good look for them. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna have some. Uh, that's going to have some uh, backfiring on them. <laughs> you cheated. You altered <laughs> the outcome by playing by the rules. <laughs> hey, the rules are only supposed to be for us. For yeah, us. <laughs> for rich yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Unless you look like yeah. uh, M- Uncle Moneybags from the Monopoly game. Billionaires <laughs> 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 uh, uh, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. you know stop focusing so much on avocado toast and you know maybe brew your own coffee instead of going to starbucks (laughs) avocado toast (laughs) i know but it is so fun to rag on those uh millennial pull up by your bootstrap memes right now though all right anyway that is not what this podcast is but really was there any other news this week uh gaming related that's Uh, kind of came out the what the medium came out. Oh, that does look good. Uh, uh, so actually, I got a chance to try it. Yeah, did you? Yeah, my new uh, my new PC is actually strong enough to uh, play that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's weird. It's visually gorgeous until you look at a person, and then it looks like dog doo doo. Mm. Oh, it sounds like the uh, Call of Cthulhu game on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. That's unfortunate. Uh, great yep. atmospheric, great sound. Old school Resident Evil tank controls. Oh, why did they do that? Oh, those yeah, are so it, hard to get used it, to. It, it's, it's, I it's haven't very played much... a game like that in forever. That's yeah. that's not. It, it is. It is, and like I just got to the credits like the opening mm-hmm. credits, it won't let me run. Ooh. I can only walk to places right now. Hmm. So is this like a walking simulator then? It's what? a horror <laughs> puzzle game. Okay. The, the, big, the big draw of this game is she can see the world of the dead and the real world at the exact same time, and mm-hmm. doing something How- in one will impact the other. How, how does that work? I've seen some of like the footage of it where you, they put you in like split screen mode. Yeah. So, so when it's in split screen mode, you're when you move your character, it moves the exact same way in both worlds. It's just some worlds world one world will have something you can interact with, where the other one doesn't. One will let you go past a point, in which case the split screen stops, and you just take over one of those worlds entirely. Mm, 
Okay. Mm. And then when you get back, it goes back to split screen, and then you can go back to just one or the other. So does the game initiate the split screen mode for you? Uh, y- yes. Uh, okay. There's a button you have to press, but it tells you to press it. Oh, okay. And, um, and it's got- sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was about to change topics. I thought you were done. Keep going. <laughs> no, I was going to say the only other thing it has is a basically a scanner mode where you can sense that something is out of place or sense that something has been moved. Oh, like a magical Batman detective mode. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can sense that your the tie clip has moved, and I can see that it fell under the clock. Mm. You know, okay. game mechanic powers. <laughs> I, uh, the only other news that I found was, uh, I, uh, just before we got on tonight, uh, I was just looking through my Facebook stream and Square Enix popped up with Nintendo Switch in that, uh, uh, Ballon Wonderland game. Oh, yeah. And I'm just just looking at it. I'm like, this is Nights into Dreams, you know, from the Sega set. And then I was just like, is it? And then I like pull up my phone. Yes, Yuji Naka. And Naoto Oshima, you know, the creators of Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, the directors for Nights into Dreams. And I'm like, this is Nights into Dreams. And so uh, I'm excited for it, actually. Now it looks like fun. Uh, I'm debating, though, on waiting whether to get it for next gen or since it's such a stylized game, will that even matter? Uh, Because of, like, you know, cartoon graphics, you know, it's not like they're going to get better necessarily on our, an art style on uh, next gen, you might have some more lighting effects so and particle physics. I, that is not the thing that I think that will be most impacted by next gen. And I don't know about this game specifically, mm-hmm. but a lot of games, even though they don't visually get any buffs, will get mm-hmm. a frame rate buff. So you go. Oh, that's true. That, that is true. Uh, this, I feel like this, that's been the big thing of this generation. Yeah, that is Certainly. true. Certainly so far, where you're seeing performance bumps, right? Where you can actually mm-hmm. do... Um, I, I'm excited to where you get to the point where like all, all the games are running like you know Spider-Man, Miles Morales on, on PS5 to where you get ray tracing and 120 frames per second. Mm-hmm. No, I just... Uh, it reminded me so much of Knights, just that character animation. And I have both, you know... A, it is both a good and terrifying memory of Nights into Dreams, actually, because uh, one summer my parents got uh, season passes to the St. Louis Six Flags. And okay. that year also Sega was going to theme parks and demoing brand new games for the Saturn, actually. And so they had a tent set up to Nights into Dreams. And I remember it was like overcrowded with teenagers. And, you know, I, I don't even know if I was 10 yet. And, you know, one opens up finally and I rushed to it. But apparently I didn't know that another kid had rushed to it too. I got to it first. All I remember though is then this kid's dad comes up, grabs me by the collar and pulls me away from the game. And he just says, you know, something to the effort of those. What do you think you're doing? whatever his son's name got here first and then shoves me aside. And I was just like, so stunned. And then luckily there were two teenagers that were just like looking at it. It was just like, that's crap. And so they just go, Hey buddy, come over here. We're done over here. You can have this one. And so then I got away and told my dad and, you know, he was just like, wait, what, where? And I'm like, 
I don't know, you know, I was upset and then vid free video game. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, uh, because I do love that game and I have a complete inbox edition for the Saturn, which is both something to be proud and sad of. I guess. <laughs> but uh, no, but when I saw that, I just, you know, the art style just immediately was just like, Oh, nights into dreams. So I'm looking forward to it actually. And I had it was nowhere on my radar until a, less than an hour ago. <laughs> nice. Yep. Well, should we get into the main topic, gents? Let's do it. Yeah. So this week's main topic, and I apologize <laughs> now because I think I'm going to lose some friends. I am is too. Most, <laughs> the most controversial gaming opinions you have. Does anyone want to volunteer to lose friends first? Uh. <laughs> Uh, I'll go first because I, I don't know that mine. Mine's probably going to be the least controversial because I don't have uh, that many conflicting opinions on it. But I will say, uh, there's something that's been kind of on the back of my mind after Cyberpunk came out is uh, that I, I kind of feel like gamers are starting to ruin gaming. And the reason I say that is because a lot of them have got, a lot of us in general, like I, myself included, I'm guilty of this, but like people are so used to having day one patches or early access or games coming out early and then not having bugs or the bugs getting fixed quickly. And it's, uh, and, and they are and on, on top of that, they have uh, like, they're complaining about microtransactions. And, and the reason why that stuff keeps happening is because people keep buying the game. That's the companies are making money off of these early access games that are getting released without patches. They're doing microtransactions because people are paying for it and everybody wants to complain. And yeah, the developers and the, the producers or the publishers are being very greedy about it. But if you, if they stopped making money on it from so many people buying their stuff, they would continue to do it. True. The best thing we could do is uh, vote with our wallet and uh, right. if you don't like microtransactions, don't pay. Don't buy them. them. Yeah. Right. And again, I, I know I'm guilty of like I've I myself have bought you know one or two like Modern Warfare skins and stuff. But at the same time, a lot of people are just so bent, have been on a shape about a lot of these companies doing pay to win and microtransactions, or they're just trying to do like I think Escape from Tarkov. Like I recently, I, I was playing that for a minute. I played it recently, but. Uh, that game has been in early access for three years and people are complaining about the bugs and it's like, well, they're not going to release a full game because we're all buying it. You know, we've all paid for it. They're going to continue to make money off the early access and tease you with new content. They're never going to fix the, the, the desyncing issues and mechanics issues. They're not going to get to more of the game fix. They're just going to keep adding content because they got their money. So I, I'd much rather them release a game in early access and 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 not necessarily charge people for it and fix the game along the way. Yeah. Then then release an unfinished game or a game that's clearly broken. So, like open beta, they they've done that, but you don't pay for it. You just sign up, you pay, play the game, and you and you do bug reports on it if you, if you're interested. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, clearly it gets. I mean, like Fortnite was, I think, in early access for like two years. So the the lines are blurry. It's a world mm -hmm. of gray. I, I think it would be better if it did it more like a, a Patreon style. Like, hey, we're going to put this game out here. 
if you like what you've played thus far and want to see it keep developing, you can donate money up to the cost of the game. If you donate mm-hmm, yeah. up to the cost of the game, when it goes full release, you get the full game. But that mm-hmm. way, you don't have to put all your money up front. If you just want to try it out, you can you oh, yeah. with your wallet, you know, like the stock market is supposed to work. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Patreon, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. No, no, I... <laughs> I, sorry, I snickered at your comment first, Phil, because all I could think of was like, Scots, they ruined bloody Scotland! <laughs> you know, I'll bleep that one, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, in, I thought originally, though, uh, maybe you were also going just uh, at, not just you know, with microtransactions and stuff like that. I'm guilty of it, too, but I will only ever do it for, for cosmetic items, because that doesn't yeah. affect gameplay. Like, right. I'll admit, I'm a sucker for costumes in, like, fighting games. So, like, you know, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, you know, I, I got to catch all the costumes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you, when you initially said it, I thought you were talking about how uh, how it seems like fan communities uh, ruin the game that they, uh, you know, kind of encircle around, it seems. like, yeah. And, and make it so, like, no new person, you know, wants to uh, be a part of it. So, like, I remember uh, I just made mention uh, at work that, you know, I was starting up uh, Undertale, and then I was suddenly inundated with, uh, you know, oh, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And finally I just had to be like, stop it. I'm gonna play it how I want to play it. And then see what it's all about. So it's got to the point with some of this stuff that, like, I also feel like gaming communities just get so toxic that I just don't want to be, I want to be a fan of the game, but I don't want to be associated with that group. Yeah. All right. And it depends on the community, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. um, Monster Hunter has probably one of the best gaming communities I've ever been a part of. Oh, yeah. Everyone Mm -hmm. is super cool and Mm -hmm. um, willing to help you out for the most Mm -hmm. part. Yeah, but then I would say, like on the opposite end of the coin of that is, you know, um, remember uh, we all got uh, earlier, uh, actually not earlier. This was at the tail end of last year. We all started up Fantasy Star Online too. Remember mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. first time I logged into that, I walked past another guy, and he made it a point to type out a message to me. That just said basically, why are there so many noobs on this server? Get off! And I'm just like, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's Lucky a good example. That's a good example. Online yeah. gaming in general, it, 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 I think, is riddled with that. Where mm-hmm. you know, either they're they're a toxic community, or the game has been out long enough, and you've got people who can play the game for twelve to fifteen hours a day, and then. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. that—that's the game they play. They don't play anything else. They play that one online game, and they're very competitive. And then we jump in in our thirties, full-time jobs, playing two hours, you know, at the end of the night, and just get decimated. Yeah. You know? uh, or if you play, even if you play a co-op game, they come through and they just burn through the match in like you know a few minutes. <laughs> so I mean, granted, that'll be with anything, but it does bring up a good point about online gaming and just how it's really hard to get into because of other gamers. I guess. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I thought you were talking to talk more about like gatekeeping, which, you know, I think everyone is guilty of that at some point. Yeah. But, you know, luckily mm-hmm. I, 
I kind of like with gaming, you know, even as like when I was in high school, I recognized just like, I'm not, you know, being cool with this. I'm just being a jerk. But so, so now just, I, I love, you know, to help people get into new games and new fandoms and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll be at like a convention and just start chatting up the person next to me, you know, like they'll be playing a game. Hey, what's that? You know, that's looks pretty interesting. Mostly I found people at conventions though, you know, are more willing to approach you, but uh, don't, but by doing so, don't go to the gaming room where you'll just get your butt kicked again by a 13 year old Asian Kim, whose mom is crocheting in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you told that story before Dave on a previous podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm still That's a little bitter about it. However, I, I am very happy to say though, that later, uh, I met a, uh, a like Sony, um, like hype guy. He was at, uh, anime St. Louis and okay. we were all playing mortal Kombat 11 mm-hmm. and, uh, I kicked his butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sub zero still got it. <laughs> I like it. And he's like, do you want to rematch? No, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to ride this wave of this high, you know, of, of uh, endorphins for a while. <laughs> I'm going out on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One and done. That's what I say. <laughs> also gives no time for the 13 year old Asian kid and his mom to show up. <laughs> Just because Phil kind of mentioned a lot with his uh, controversial opinion, I'm going to go ahead and launch mine here. Okay. Okay. And Okay. The, he's the, been hyping the, this up, ladies. Is, 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 is this the the friend burner? So I'm gonna. There are going to be caveats to this, but okay. I personally feel that microtransactions and DLC has been good for gaming. Oh, so wow. okay. there's 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 two main avenues that takes. Okay, so the sure. first one we're gonna talk, I'm going to talk about is financially. Okay. How much does a video game cost right now? Like a a triple A game for the PS4 era? Sixty well, bucks. Dave. Sixty yeah. bucks. Yeah. And 60 they've, bucks. Just, they've just gone up for next generation, right? Seventy. Right to seventy. 70. Yep. yep. Okay. How much do they cost for the PS3 era? They were still sixty. Yeah, they were still sixty. Sixty. Fifty yeah. to sixty bucks has been kind of the standard for the past, you know. Yeah, like. 50. Years because ago. like it's wasn't it starting to get like way out of control pricing wise uh in the snes uh genesis days so they finally kind of unofficially so, agreed to a set price a much. little bit there so, so that actually, way if like a, a crap game was a hundred dollars you didn't feel completely ripped off <laughs> right yep. so mm-hmm. actually i've got a, a great website here from tech raptor um where they actually break down the average game cost for a, a, a console uh, for what the games cost at that time and what that would translate to in money in 2020. Okay. Okay. Sure. Well, not to mention because... the fact that a lot of the games that we grew up playing with were made by like a team of 10, maybe 20 people. And now exactly. AAA games are made by teams of like 200, 300 people. Yeah. yeah. So for the Super Nintendo, uh, the, the cost at launch was... $200. Okay. Uh, the cost today for a Super Nintendo would, if in real, in current day money with inflation, inflation would be $395.81. Much closer to what the current gen console prices are. Mm-hmm. 
the average game cost for the Super Nintendo was fifty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Translated to twenty twenty money, that'd be one hundred eighteen dollars and seventy three cents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so even though our dollar doesn't get us as much as it used to, we haven't increased the co- the the paying for games, but they have gone up exponentially in price due to needing larger development studios, with needing uh, more people working on it. And quite honestly, games are more complicated now. You have a lot more things you need to get into. It. Mm-hmm. So, so microtransactions and DLC has allowed us to add extra revenue to these games that is optional. So the core game, we, do, we don't have that barrier of entry from a, a game costing $118. We keep it at $60. And then if you want to piecemeal it together, you can then add more and more to show your support for that game. It's like saying $60 is now my, okay, I'm interested. And then you could buy the DLC and the microtransactions if you want the full experience. But if you're happy sure. with just the base one, you're good. I now, I am against things like loot box, uh, paid microtransactions. Uh, I think that if you're going to buy something, you need to know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's and, largely gone away from thanks thanks to the EU, actually. Right. There is still, one other thing that. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Oh, it's just I would still say yeah, I find. Loot boxes, I'm getting pretty sick of. Um, and uh, I'll have some points to argue with you because coming as the collector of games, you know, sometimes, you know, I guess I wish more often than not, though, that games would release more, you know, like complete editions after, you know, you know, like. After maybe two years after the game's been out, release like the complete edition. And the one thing I also wish they would do, they don't. They just include like a bunch of codes in the game pack so you get Not it. Having it on the actual disc. Yeah, have it on the actual disc. I, I know that that won't happen, but I do like them though that I can. But they do do it a lot with like fighting games. So like, I was able to buy uh, Injustice Two Ultimate Edition for uh, the school's hobby club. Mm-hmm. Slide the disc in, boom, there's everybody. Everything, don't have to worry about no codes, nothing. You know, bought it used, was fine. You know, I wish it could be that simple, but for some of these games, I know it's not. Like uh, Resident Evil 7, I bought the gold edition, actually, and uh, what it was nice, though, is, like, I was able to put it in the disc, though, and it auto-load, it started downloading all of it. So it, like, immediately recognizes, oh, this is gold edition, you need this, 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 this. But eventually it's going to get to the point, though, that's not going to be the case. And I know that some people have the attitude, well, why are you going to care about a game that's, you know, 15 years old? Well, here's the thing. We are now starting to lose games because of that, you know, that, you know, are just lost in time. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you at all, Dave. It's, I'm, it's not necessarily better for collectors. Mm-hmm. My viewpoint is more, how can we get... How can we make gaming more accessible to people? How can we get more people into it and yeah. not have these boundaries? Yeah, and that's where I think that microtransactions and DLC has been very beneficial. And I would and agree I, with you on that. Yeah, it's been good for free to play. I don't mind microtransactions in free to play games. The, the the developers have to make money somehow, mm-hmm. right? 
where it it is, I think we all know that where this could be a, a gray area is that I think there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. We're um, still going through growing pains as as an industry. I hundred percent agree mm. with that. I, I mean, um, for example, um, like let's look. You were talking about um, like gold edition and whatnot, Dave. Yeah, it yeah. Makes me think of um, like control and and how they mm-hmm. they they flubbed the ultimate edition and mm-hmm. really kind of screwed over all the people that supported the that game when they when it first came out i was uh i'm unaware of what happened with that how did that go exactly so Uh, basically the big thing with it is is if you own the ultimate edition you get a free upgrade to your the xbox or the ps5 version the the series whatever right okay if you don't own the ultimate edition it's a paid expansion they're Um, not participating in smart delivery is got you basically what really sucks and don't quote me on this but they may have reversed that actually just because the backlash was so fierce Mm. okay just i don't know i mean it it is now available on playstation plus in february so i'm gonna play it that way (laughs) but uh there's clearly there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it um my other thing that i was going to say as far as dlc goes I've always appreciated DLC that has gone the more old school approach where it's more like an expansion. You yes. actually get a big piece of content as opposed to, okay, I paid $15 and I play it for two hours and I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I'm getting a whole lot of value out of that. Like I would say the best example of that in recent memory was uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, which yeah. you, wasn't it like 40 bucks? Yeah, it, was, it was pretty much it, uh, a sequel but, game without being a yeah, sequel. Exactly. It was a sequel. Without being, it, it added a whole extra game to that, you know, really is what it did. So I was happy to pay that sure. price. And even then, on top of that, they had little cosmetic items that you could buy. Affected nothing in the game. But if I mm-hmm. wanted to, I could make the handler dress up as the tyrant from Resident Evil 2. Which is funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> That actually brings me up another point of how I feel like uh, DLC is saving people money. So mm-hmm. remember um, Super Mario Galaxy. I'll use that as an example. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. had Super Mario Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a lot of the assets from Super Mario Galaxy went to Super Mario Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it was the equivalent of an Iceborne to the original Monster Hunter World. So... In, but instead of having to pay the full price for a full second game, you get a discounted price for having it be DLC. Again, lowering that uh, barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other example I was just thinking of? Um, I was going to ask you, on the same line of thinking, Tyler, you're the resident Pokemon expert here. Mm-hmm. How did how did Pokemon handle doing DLC instead of doing so, a re-release? So like great they question, usually man. would do. Mm-hmm. So they actually handled it fairly well. Um, so what they did was they added a new area that you could explore, essentially a new open area uh, with a few quests and whatnot there mm-hmm. uh, to give you a lot of those features. Um, but that all in all cost 30 bucks versus having to pay $60 for another Pokemon game where you have to then play through everything again, uh, duplicating you know a lot of what you've already done. This just cuts straight to the extra stuff you want. Again, being consumer friendly. Okay. 
but so, that so it was a, it was a better a better experience going the DLC route in that case than than basically playing a I don't know like a royal version. version of the gamer yeah. right what whatever right <laughs> right uh, yeah I would say so uh, but that actually brings me to a great uh, my second great point is for competitive games it helps keep the community alive online. So with each expansion for the Pokemon games, they added more Pokemon in, which refreshed the online community, had them change up their game styles, and had mm -hmm. an increased player base. The same thing applies to like Smash Brothers or Mortal Kombat. Instead of dropping all the characters at once, dropping them one at a time has a reason for people to come back and keeps that community engaged for longer than just the launch period. Mm -hmm. So you're actually able to enjoy your game more for a longer period of time. Because nothing worse than a fighting game that comes out, you get it a year later, and you want to play online with other people, and there's no one online to fight with. Or the only ones that are online are the, the masters. Right. Mm -hmm. the, by having it spread out, it allows you to um, have a longer kind of in the community's eyes of the game and keeping that player base up, making it more enjoyable for everyone. I gotcha. I guess some of the things I would have with fighting games is just personal gripes, but um, I do miss unlocking those secret characters, and uh, I wish they would do that and then addition to have DLC. Like I really like it when DLC is an afterthought and not so much, you know, we planned it out this way the whole time. Yeah. You know, that's what I like. So, you know... Smash Brothers tried to do that, but at the same time, when with Ultimate, whenever they announced a new character, it's an event, all right? Mm -hmm. So they had to announce everybody, but then at the same time, you also have to unlock everybody. And I think mm -hmm. if they had just kept their mouth shut a little bit, we might have been able to relive some of that uh, nice um, uh, memories that we had in the Melee days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and, I think, oh, sorry, no, go ahead, Bill. I was just going back to my, my original, like my controversial opinion. My original point on that was like with game gaming, gamers getting more comfortable with easier gaming. Like uh, Dave, you reminded me of a story where uh, I had heard from my brother where he had known somebody. Actually, let me, let me back up a little bit. I don't know if he actually knew somebody or something he read about. Right. But anyway, there was a story that he had heard that a guy was trying to introduce, I think it was his nephew, to the Dark Souls series. And he was showing it to him and was like, oh, you know, you go through this dungeon, you kill bad guys, you collect souls, and then if you can survive on your way out of the dungeon, you can use those souls to buy more gear or level up your character, yada, yada, yada. And then the nephew apparently looked at the guy and said something like, "Oh well, how do I how do I buy these?" He's like, "Well, what do you mean? You don't buy them. You have to get like you, you get more by beating by beating the bad guys and by beating the bosses, and you can go and spend them." He's like, "Yeah, but I I don't want to do that. I just I just want to buy them. You can't. That's not the point of the game." And it and you just when you mentioned that about uh, about unlocking yeah. the characters, like there was a point where unlocking the characters, unlocking the skins, actually took like a little bit of effort, like where you have to grind or like level up your guy or um unlock it with sure. just a certain pattern of playing nowadays yeah. a lot of them is just turning to oh you want this skin we'll pay us five dollars like yep. that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and, and and again like i guess coming full circle bringing up the point of 
it, there's a there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and we, I think we can all appreciate it when it's done correctly, but at the same time, it's equally frustrating when someone. You, it's obvious that there's just it's just a money bags situation. Sure. So, uh, go ahead. Just the, uh, my last fighting game. Uh, my, but uh, I think the last time that it was done well, but it still had like uh, Mortal Kombat Nine. You know, the one that was just Mortal Kombat. You still had, and Mortal Kombat has done this, but they've kind of limited it to be like one character that's kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. But uh, even then, though, they have done some scummy practices, but I think it might be more Warner Brothers is doing than mm-hmm. NetherRealm. But like, you had to unlock uh, Cyber Sub Zero, and it was just one of those things you were like, oh, well, that's new. And then also, like, they did not announce the character Frost for Mortal Kombat 11 yeah. uh, until, like, you know, later uh, after the game had launched. However, uh, while that was nice in Mortal Kombat 9, in Mortal Kombat 11, though, there is an option, however, in the DLC to... I don't know if it says Unlock Frost or, like... It, it says Unlock Frost. Okay, but you could pay $5 to just, boom, there it is. But that is one of the easiest things to do. You just have to play the story mode to like, what, chapter four or something? Yeah, and, and my big gripe with that one was mm-hmm. nowhere did it say you can unlock in-game without paying money. Yeah. It made it look like a DLC character mm-hmm. when Frost was not. Yeah, and I think that's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Personal. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Chris, I, I stepped on your toes. What was your uh, thought? Sure. The only thing I was going to say um, to... Last thing on on microtransactions was the big thing I don't want to come into the console gaming space is what's happened in mobile, where there is definitely a pay to win, which is what you guys were talking about. Yeah, that is doing Mm -hmm. it the wrong way. Everything should be cosmetic or like story based or something like that. You know, something that Mm -hmm. does not impact PvP. Mm -hmm. So here's a... uh... A question for you guys. Do you consider loot boxes to be gambling? I always considered it more akin to trading cards, you know. Like, okay. But at the same time, though, there's a reason why I don't buy trading cards anymore, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at my Magic the Gathering days as, a, as an addiction, to be honest with you. But they also... That's I, I still... spend a lot of money on That's that. fair. But that's also one thing, though, that I will point out that is different between here and with trading cards, though, there is still actual tangible physical product in my hand at the end of the day. And so if I got a, you know, a pack of cards that had nothing I wanted in it, well, that's why they're called trading cards. You know, I can trade with my friends to get stuff I do want. Mm -hmm. Like with Overwatch's loot box system. They'll still give you doubles of stuff, but then they might give you a few coins for it. But I've just nowhere ever have I felt though that it's like I absolutely did not want this. Why would I want this? But I'm mm-hmm. just stuck with it. And that's the part about loot boxes that I don't like. Now, if they would institute a trading system, they don't they'll never do this, but it's just like I'll give you five voice lines for this this low-level spray, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the big thing, you know. And, and really, you know, yeah, I guess that that's why trading cards is 
kind of an okay comparison, but not really. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same boat there. You know, trading cards, you know, will be worth something. It could be worth something in the future there. You know, they could go up in value. There's still something tangible that you have that you can pass off to someone else. With, with loot boxes, you could literally spend money and get nothing that you need or want mm -hmm. and you cannot trade it or give it away to someone else it's and they are designed to uh hit the same uh feelings as gambling mm -hmm. uh -huh. it's the same uh, dopamine response like yeah, uh I mean, the overwatch loot boxes i mean you see that little meter and then they explode and it's just kind of like the mm -hmm. same like with the slot machine you see the Meters tick 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 tick. Oh, we got lights. Oh, good things yep. happen. You know. I, I don't remember where I saw this, but I feel like there was a whole science behind not just having loot boxes, but the mechanic of opening them in the animation was itself an addictive response because there was um, like a built-up in. Did uh, you watch the uh, documentary, The Social Dilemma? Mm -mm, I haven't. No. They actually talk about that with uh, social media. Social right? media. Yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah. there's a reason why you have to pull down for it to refresh on websites or for apps. It's because it's the same kind of motion you would do for a slot machine. You're hoping you get something good with the refresh. Oh, that's cringy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Great documentary if you ever get a chance. It's on uh, Netflix, I think. Okay. Yeah, Netflix. All right. But yeah. So yeah, that is my controversial opinion. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was a that was a good one. That uh, yeah. a big discussion. It was good. <laughs> not not actually. That's. I mean, I I for the most part agree with what you actually said. So yeah, not I, super I, controversial, but more yeah. more like uh, gaming double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's we want things to be affordable where we can play them. Sure, but they have to make their money elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now, if you were given a choice to spend more money up front and get a complete package, I know the answer, I think, for Dave, uh, as opposed to just doing the DLC and microtransaction bit after the fact, what would you prefer? Uh, I like pay... having the... Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, if you could get all the same content, but you just had to pay for it up in advance, or get the same amount of content, but you get drip it, right? Um... I'm usually pretty bad that, like, I will buy the, like, complete editions for games, and I really should stop doing this, especially for fighting games, um, because now that they're having these, like, uh, light, you know, um, seasons of characters, well, like, with Mortal Kombat 11, I bought the, like, deluxe edition. It, you know, it's just an extra 20 bucks on top. And the way I looked at it, oh, that's the season pass. So I'm basically just buying, you know, that. And then I'm like, okay, I'll have everybody. Then we have season two and, you know, mm -hmm. a complete extra story. And now we've had season three. And now the internet is full of rumors about season four. So I have not bought any of season two, season three, or season or any of that. Because now it's, they have been good about releasing, like, the next iteration on disc. Now I'm at the point, I'm just waiting to kind of, because I played all the original story and I had all my fun with it with you guys, you know, at parties. 
And I'm just rather now to the point, like, I'd rather just wait and buy the complete edition. Mm. But that's where it gets tricky, too. So if you're wanting to enjoy the game, like fighting against others online, mm-hmm. you then don't get to enjoy those. You may lose the community you can play with by mm-hmm. waiting for that complete edition. Yeah, but then again, I don't mean because as i said i'm in my 30s and can't uh, i don't have that much of a time investment anymore <laughs> fair enough yeah that's where i i on a lot of the multiplayer games i think you're seeing a lot of um more of a move to removing things from a paywall and um having microtransactions for cosmetics to pay for all this new content that's coming mm-hmm. again to prove your point To answer your question, Chris, initially, I would say it depends on the game. If it's a mm-hmm. game I know I'm going to be full into, like if they said, hey, here's Pokemon, you know, complete edition, where okay. you will get all the DLC, all the Pokemon, here it all is. I'm going to buy it. Uh, if they said there's going to be an ultimate edition or standard edition of Guilty Gear Strive that's coming out. I might stray towards just the basic version because I don't know if I'm going to love the game or not yet. And then if I love it, I can then pick up the additional pieces. It's it's basically a matter of weighing out how what's the known factor of this game and is it worth me putting in 60 or $80? Gotcha. I'll, I'll answer my own question. I've always typically been just, I'll buy the base game, and then if I really like the game, I'll buy the downloadable content. At that point, Same. it's like, you know what? The developer earned my money. <laughs> I gotcha, yeah. All right, Chris, what was your controversial gaming opinion? Sure. Um... <laughs> Let's see. I have two of them. Um, okay. We'll 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 lump in. So when I was thinking about the question, my my immediate thoughts were, okay, let's bring in the the negative Nancy here just a bit, right? I'm like, <laughs> hmm, what are some of the games that I have played or or that some people have really really liked that I didn't think we're all that great so that, that's where i took the direction so we'll start mm-hmm. with um, i did i did that too <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, so we'll start with um uh we'll, we'll start with the uh, devil may cry and okay. um i i've been a devil may cry fan since the original back on uh playstation 2 and one that a lot of uh fans of that series um is kind of cried out as like the best in the series is Devil May Cry 3. Mm-hmm. That's one that I've never really been able to get into. I, mm-hmm. I still firmly believe that probably my favorite in the series is probably still the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, and the, to even up the ante on the controversy, I actually like Devil May Cry 4 better than I like Devil May Cry 3. I liked, uh, I, I'll agree to that actually. Um, I did feel though that Nero was kind of like the Raiden uh, in uh, that game. You know, it was like the Metal Gear Solid Two moment. But uh, I didn't like in three how you had to pick a uh, a style and just kind of be stuck with that for the level. 
right. know, whereas four introduced the system where you could just change on the fly with the D-pad, which right. uh, was much more uh, fluid. Fluid, much more yeah, and uh, a lot nicer. And it didn't feel like a punishment if you picked, like, the wrong one. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, but I will say, though, I think 3 may have had my favorite story in the game. Because okay. it is, like, technically, chronologically the first. <laughs> technically. That game series is so weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I uh, believe uh, isn't the, uh, the uh, organization for in terms of uh, sequential, uh, isn't it 3, 1, Four, five, two. <laughs> yeah, two is technically, and two is the worst one, actually. Yeah, but that's not a controversial opinion. I think everybody yeah. agrees that. <laughs> that's not a game series. Like I played it a little bit when it first came out. I think I played the first one and maybe part of the second one. That was pretty much it. Um, and it was because I lost interest in like those hack and flesh style games. But I will say something that I've I, that would get me back into it is if they did the Devil May Cry, but they did the God of War. Mm. Mm. Change the oh. combat, completely revamp it with uh, like we're just not just, they didn't completely change the combat, but like just shift it a little bit towards well, God of War became much more strategic. It became right. more of a like a thinking man's action game. It still had very much combos, very much focused on combos, but you could switch on the fly between different things and. Um, it was, it was less more focused on speed too, right? Yeah, it's um, it's it's slower, but not to say slow. It's still a faster action game. Like it's not like slow like like Dark Souls is, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I I think for me, like the biggest thing I noticed with that was that evasion was a big thing you had to learn. You had to have your timing right. Uh, well, and the other thing was it was just managing the room because they changed yeah. the perspective. The original God of, like, the first three God of War games were all kind of like the isometric top-down type view for the most part. Um, and this was over the, the new God of War, the 2018, was uh, over the shoulder type view. So you really only could see what was in front of you, but there were still enemies over on the right, over on the left, and they did a good job of signaling to you with like the, um, I think it was like red lines, like, mm. hey, you're getting attacked from over here. Yeah. And just mm. kind of managing that and using the comp your companion, uh, Atreus. Oh my God. That was, that was probably still one of the best games um of actually giving you a companion that you have to protect but he's actually useful in combat mm -hmm. yeah. i yeah, would say was, uh elizabeth from bioshock infinite also fell along those lines but yeah. uh atreus definitely took that and ran with that idea mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It definitely added a nice element to the game because now you had an extra weapon to use if you if you timed it right with with him uh, with his uh, bow and arrow. Yeah, I and 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 I guess to further uh, sink myself among the fan base, I liked Devil May Cry Five. I didn't feel like it was anything really new, so eventually, after playing it for a good amount of time, I lost interest in it. Mm. And maybe eventually I'll come back to it, but I didn't really feel 
And that was the other. I'm sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> Terrible. I'm going to have fun did. in editing. Yeah, two so far. Sorry. Uh, they did the thing in video games that I hate that the, a lot of games do where you start off with your main character and then you get depowered. And it was like, I've done this before. I've already built him up and learned all of his abilities. Like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. That's a pretty... I, I've always felt that was kind of a useless trope. Where it's just like, oh, you have all these things. Oh, gone. Now you have to build them back up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, at least it's better than having a guy tell you when or uh, when you can't use them. <laughs> Which I guess was my controversial opinion last week in that I, uh, I actually like this game. <laughs> but, but this is not this is not what I'm talking about this evening. This was actually my backup in case someone else talked about the topic I I have for tonight. But I, I, I like this, and I still say it is a good game. And for those of you who are listening, I'm holding up my copy of Metroid Other M. <laughs> I, I like the plot. I liked the plot. It's not perfect at all, but I liked it. But I'm going to shut up about that because that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Metroid, though, th I will admit that was one of the worst ways where you weren't depowered. The the uh, commanding officer said, don't do that. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. That was all it was. <laughs> and I know everybody got really mad about that. And like a part of me was just like, yeah, <laughs> that was kind of dumb. <laughs> Uh, so that that was my point with it, but no, I, I, I when games do that too, and I, I guess that's why it was nice in four, though. And that's why they had you do Dante in the second half because exactly, cause he's yeah. already all powerful, like Demon Slayer, right? So mm -hmm. he earned getting to play as him. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. yep. So that leave just you, Dave, for your opinion? Uh, yes, I think so. I'm I'm ready to lose uh, friends and <laughs> <laughs> what's the opposite of gain friends and influence people? Lose friends and get alienate. A alienate. Hateful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> However, this is a discussion that me and my brother Doug, who is, ladies and gentlemen, supposed to be on this podcast. Hashtag get Doug on this podcast. Um, Start but, the movement. Yeah. But actually, me and him have thought for a while now, while we agree this game is revolutionary and we love what it did, however, our argument is Resident Evil 4, very good game, very revolutionary. However, in terms of plot, gameplay and content is nowhere near as interesting as Resident Evil 5 and 6. All right? Okay. Wow. I know. <laughs> and uh, we have our arguments and I know even as you can hear it's like <laughs> Okay. Well, admittedly uh, I have not finished 5 or 6 but I Okay. I've... So <laughs> Five might actually be my 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 yeah. I might talk about that next week. Actually, okay. So 
But our reason being, yes, we understand that Resident Evil 4 revolutionized the gameplay of the Resident Evil series. And, um, you know, the setting was really good. However, you know, I don't know, some people, uh, you know, were like, oh, it was really scary. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. The Resident Evil games, you know, the parts just aren't scary to us anymore. There are some things, yes, that are creepy, but I've never, I don't think I've ever been truly terrified of a Resident Evil game, uh, except for maybe parts in seven, which were very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. But um, we're talking in terms of plot here, and I know everybody like poops on the plot of five and six. Do you know what the plot of four is? I can sum it up with the plot of a classic video game from the 80s. The president's daughter has been kidnapped. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president's daughter? <laughs> that is literally the plot uh, of this game. Zombie uh, bad dudes. Yep. Un- bad un- dudes and Resident Evil 4 share the same plot, only instead of the pres- president, Ronald Reagan, it is the president's daughter. That is sure. the difference. Counterpoint, now, counterpoint, though. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you could, and I like the Resident Evil series. Mm-hmm. However, you could argue that sometimes some of the plots in the, those series get too convoluted and complicated for their own good. So it being simple mm-hmm. might actually be a good thing. But even then, it's, are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? And I won't say sure. that. I won't say that the other plots are ridiculous, because let's face it, Resident Evil in itself is ridiculous at times. I know some people are like, well, Resident Evil 1 and 2 were so scary. Resident Evil 2 had a giant alligator in the sewers as a boss. And Resident Evil 1 had sharks in a laboratory and a giant (laughs) plant monster. Ooh. And the master of unlocking. Yeah, so... Everyone's like, well, it was always scary. No, it wasn't. It's because you were seven when you played it. That's why it was scary. You know, I didn't really touch Resident Evil until it came to the GameCube when I was well into my teens and had really started getting into horror movies. And so I'm just, I am enjoying it for what it is. I like that sci-fi, ooh, it's a virus kind of thing. But that's why I argued that like five and six Okay, well, five, I will say, has the better plot, but I liked it because, you know, we go to Africa, and the reason for that is because you now find out through the plot-wise that, um, and four really doesn't touch upon this whole much, like, where did the plot has kind of come from? You know that they were, like, sealed in the castle, and that kind of starts uh, what they do, but they really double down on it in five, and what I really liked was that plot-wise... Uh, Umbrella and all of these companies are really looking into like the old legends and folk tales of different areas around the world and are going to find the truth behind them. So for Resident Evil 4, it was these gross parasites that lived, you know, in the area that were sealed away back whenever. But with this, in 5, they revealed that the T virus you know, was based off of another virus that was found in this, like, ancient backwater African village where um, they would eat, like, this hallucinogenic drug as part of, like, their 
you know, like coming of age ceremony. And for some people, it would just flat out kill them. But for other people, it would like imbue them with like enhanced strength, agility, it make them Black Panther, basically. And I thought that was really cool because I was so afraid with especially how creepy and weird the plagas looked. I was so worried that they were going to be in like Resident Evil 5. Oh, it's aliens, which is probably I, I was still at the same time suffering from how bad Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was. And, and I'm just said like, no cursing on this podcast. And I'm just like, oh, good Your turn, God. Tyler. <laughs> if, uh, if it's Did aliens, say- I'm just going to be so mad. I, and and, and it, it wasn't. And I was so happy for that. Uh, Resident Evil 6, however, I will say the plot uh, is interesting. Is it as good as 4? Probably not. But... Who else can say that a lot of the problems in this game happened because the main villain didn't get to boink one of the main characters? <laughs> that is literally what happens. <laughs> but, and then I have other reasons why I like Six, though, because um, they doubled down on, they had this cool system, though, for the gameplay that no one hardly talks about, but uh, it was the C virus in it, which is. You know, when, like, they, like the enemies they, that are kind of like the enemies from 4 and 5, when they take enough damage, they go into a cocoon state, and then they might hatch as something incredibly weird. But it was always based off of, like, where they took the damage on their body while you were fighting them to begin with. So, like, you know, if you took out their legs, well, they might cocoon and then come out with, like, a crazy pair of armored like insect style legs and then pursue you or if you did like a whole bunch of body damage well then they might change completely into something crazy if you did like a lot of arm damage well then they might sprout wings out of their where their arms used to be and i thought that was such a cool gameplay mechanic that no one talks about because everyone was just like oh it's not scary i'm sorry that is what happens to every horror franchise if they get too many sequels they keep going bigger, 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 bigger until it gets to the point that it's like, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And then they have a come to Jesus moment, and then they kind of return to their roots. Six was ridiculous. They had their come to Jesus moment with seven. All right? It just happens. But even then, like, I like the system, the enemies, and the creepiness from six more than four because, like, you know, four. Well, it had some cool stuff. It's also just like, okay, our big main villain, we don't see until Act really four of the game, and then you've got three minor dudes leading up to it. One of which you see throughout the whole game, but then one you only see for Act one, and then in Act two they introduce tiny Spanish Napoleon, and. And it just gets ridiculous. And so that's why uh, I argue that I, I think five and six are more interesting than four. <laughs> so when you say more interesting, do you mean better? Um, in aspects, yes. And in other aspects, like, yeah, I would say uh, better. Um, you know, I, I, really, we, I really do what love what four did. And I love four. I do. But I just really don't think five and six deserve all the hate that they get. I so, really don't. I can't speak to six because I never played it, but I liked five. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was good. I don't. I have gripes with it. As much as I, I, I love that game. I, I mm-hmm. played it a ton, actually. I really did. Mm-hmm. However, I guess my first big gripe with with uh, with five is that the player AI. You get a better, much better experience if you play that game with somebody else. Yeah, I will say because... that I did that with both of them, with five and six. Me and my brother played through both of them, and it was a much better experience because Sheva's it... kind of an, the AI for Sheva is kind of an idiot. <laughs> It, it sucked having to, you're like, oh, I'm in my, my case. I'm trying to heal myself. Oh, I didn't actually combine my herbs. Dead. Oh, Number hey, three. Come, come, come save me. Oh, oh, three. oh, oh. You're, not, you're not doing anything. Oh, 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 okay. All right. I guess I have to reload my checkpoint. Um, whereas if you played it with somebody, like, you could actually, you know, tag team the enemies. It was, mm-hmm. um, that game is a lot of, I think that, from a fun standpoint, I think Resident Evil 5 is more fun than Resident Evil 4, but as like a standalone single player experience, I think 4 is a better game. Mm. With the exception I hated having to flip and put um Ashley, I think the president's daughter's yeah, name was yep, yep. in like the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she wouldn't die. Yep. Yeah, but she, seeing how we already talked about it earlier before, she's an example. That game has the the guardian, the like worst case scenario of uh, having a player, like another character that you're supposed to tag along with you. Mm-hmm. That yeah. make the game kind of suck. Yeah, and she's it's pretty garbage. Yep. Yep. No, no. And that's one of the other things. Um, it's just, you know, I felt. I like a game that has a plot and really, you know, the plot beats for four, just that was more of an afterthought after they revolutionized the gameplay and five and six, I felt just, you know, there was a lot of fun. There was a lot of crazy cool bosses and monsters Not that four didn't have it, but also I would say with four though, that's where we started seeing them, you know, start to get new ideas, but they were still borrowing some old tropes. Sure. Like, uh, like the uh, the two henchmen that follow around uh, Spanish Napoleon are literally are literally Capcom's vernage, version of Xenomorphs from Alien. You know, okay. they're pretty similar, bladed tail, everything. Yeah. So you know what's crazy. Um, did you know that uh, as of uh, right now, Resident Evil 5 is actually Capcom's highest selling Resident Evil game? Really? Yeah. Mm. Did not know that. Yep. yep. Know that it's, not, it's not heralded as the best. Mm-hmm. Like you said Resident Evil 4 is typically the one that people go to. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of love for Resident Evil 7. I like that game. The first-person perspective it makes it more scary for me, and yeah. they definitely double down on the atmosphere. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm eventually gonna have to put on my big boy pants and play that game. But yeah, no, I yeah. that that was the one Resident Evil where I, I was generally unsettled through mm-hmm. probably a majority of the of the first half to almost two thirds of the game because you know you're not given a lot of ammo like the originals so you have to avoid them and then a lot of the enemies though and this is what i liked though there were much fewer enemies but that's because they were characters this time 
you know, like the Baker family are pursuing you in the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's almost like a kind of like a, how a Freddy Krueger game should work, actually, you know they pursue you throughout the dream or something. And they're, you know, hitting you with one liners and stuff like that. And then grandma Baker just appears out of nowhere. Just weird places. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh, oh God. Okay. It's just you, grandma. Sorry. Okay. You, you wacky kid. You <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> uh all right. Well, I haven't heard uh, Phil or Tyler chime in on me yet. <laughs> are, you, are you just sitting there grinding your molars at me? No, no. no. I was I was actually thinking more uh, how this is kind of akin to GoldenEye. GoldenEye mm-hmm. was a great game when it came out. It revolutionized console multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not good now. Yeah. No. It's it yeah. bad. They, they, they did a bad job. <laughs> it was good for what it was at the time. Yeah, it, aged, right. it aged like American cheese. <laughs> and, and, and I and I can see where uh, Resident Evil Four kind of falls under the same suit. It revolutionized things. It was phenomenal for its time, mm-hmm. but they did iterate on it and improve on things that didn't work great with Five and Six. Yeah, now, like uh, you had to stand still to shoot. Remember. And then other games took it and uh, made it so, you know, you could move and shoot. Like, yep. 4 laid the groundwork for a lot of great horror games. Like, Dead Space owes, that series owes its existence to Resident Evil 4. And sure. Resident Evil 4 is still a good game. It still holds up. But, you know, I do hear that they are planning on remaking it. And really, all I think it needs are just some quality of life improvements and some visual updates and you'd be fine well yeah. like what i was <laughs> what i was kind of thinking when you were talking about you know it being not that great or like the other games being better it's like it's I, it didn't seem like it seemed like your opinion was more that not necessarily that resident evil 4 was better than 5 and 6 it was just mm-hmm. just as bad as those two like they weren't necessarily <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a better or worse game it was just like on par with because of mm-hmm. the Mm-hmm. yeah um and, and again i am not trying to say you know that i dislike resident evil 4 at all i just i think the biggest point that me and doug were just trying to figure out we did not understand the hate that the other two got yeah. now i can understand chris's uh gripes though with really you should play with two people you should get a buddy and that's how we played it that's how we went through it and that's how we enjoyed it. So, you know, me and him could be, you know, Xbox 360, you plug a LAN cable and system link. Well, I, and, I miss that so much. <laughs> and and I think that's the fundamental thing why a lot of people like 4 over 5 and 6 is mm-hmm. 4 stayed a single player mm-hmm. experience. And when you're playing by yourself where you don't have someone you're communicating with, mm-hmm. you get more into the atmosphere of the game. Mm-hmm. Because 5 and 6 required you and I'm going to say required because it's virtually unplayable with the AI as it was uh, to play. On it, it, it was. It was pretty... I have beaten that game three times. I did it once by myself, the second time with Doug, and then as we were about to play six, Doug said it and fully admitted, "I don't remember what happens in five at all." <laughs> and we were just like, "Well, 
we've beaten it. I've beaten it twice now, so I have all these upgrades, and you've beaten it once, so we, you have all these upgrades. Let's just plow through it in like six hours because we have all the upgraded equipment and just watch all the cutscenes, which got us even more upgrades and stuff. So, so, so I, you may, I you may be able to death. <laughs> so you may actually be able to speak to this then. Do you feel like you got more, not invested, but do you feel like you were more involved with the atmosphere, more affected by it when you were playing by yourself or when you were playing co-op? Um, what we did, though, is we did adjust the difficulty, though, for there being two of us. So there were definitely mm-hmm. times, though, where, you know, uh, I think everybody probably remembers the liquor attack in that game where it is literally a swarm of those jerks just Mm -hmm. a okay playing that single player on medium difficulty level yeah that was a challenge playing it on hard with two people and really sheva specializes as a sniper uh so she's good at picking them off when they're at a distance, but the thing about the lickers is they can close that gap pretty quickly. <laughs> so so that also led to some stress. So, you know, I have to be next to my brother with, like, the shoddy, just, you know, blam, you know, getting the ones that get close while he's, you know, like, trying to pick off ones that are farther away, and we had to probably do that, like, three times. So I'm thinking more of the, like, Whenever you're not fighting enemies, so you're more like exploring, doing the puzzle-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you get that more sense of not horror, but like that dread feeling when you're playing by yourself versus when you're doing multiplayer? I could see that, but then again, you know, it's different for me and my brother because yeah, we do have our differences, but at the end of the day, we are pretty similar in how we like to play video games. So there are sometimes, though, and probably having another person makes it less scary. That's why people go see horror movies on, like, dates and stuff like that, you know. But, uh, so I will say that. So, you know, maybe if I had to replay it again. But there were still definitely times where we were just both like, oh, that is, that is, that is awful. Especially in Six, because there's, like, you know, a part where you're literally in, like, like a, a Siberian like looking area and you know there's all of this gross and dead and blood blood and then like a giant creature pulls out in the middle of the village and then like all the villagers start scattering and you've got to take this thing down while you're avoiding gore and viscera and it's just like oh wow so yes and no um I think, though, the game that perfected that, though, in places, though, and I, I, I am sad to say, though, that unfortunately it's it's probably not going to get uh, a fourth game due to EA, but uh, Dead Space 3, Space. actually, uh, its multiplayer was uh, planned to be so much more than it was, but even then, at the time... Uh, it was something pretty crazy because, you know, the main character in the plot, you know, was no longer affected by the hallucinations anymore. By the third game, you know, he is cured of that. The person playing with you, however, is not. 
And so there would be times where, like, you know, it's specifically a co-op section, you know, like, I'm playing, I think I was playing as Isaac, and then Doug's just like, you know, so I'm, like, facing this direction, and my brother is in an armchair facing the other direction, and he just goes, are you hearing these creepy children laughing and seeing all these Christmas presents? Because this is messed up. And I'm like, what are you to Oh, and... You're, uh, that character, Carter, is hallucinating, like, I believe the fact that he, like, lost his son. And so now he is seeing, like, Christmas times and happier things, and then, blah, it's a necromorph. And so we had a lot of fun with that, and apparently they were going to take it way further, like, the whole game. And then, like, so Carver might actually see stuff, and then there might be times, though, where, like, Isaac appears as one of them, and so he starts blasting you. And I'm like, why didn't you do that? That would have made it excellent. So if, like, maybe if they had, like, something like that where, like, you know, one of the, the co-op characters is infected with something and suddenly starts seeing a bunch of weird stuff or things like that, or, you know, maybe they're starting infected with a zombie virus and then you get, like, the thing in old cartoons where they're, like, stranded on a boat in the ocean and suddenly the other one looks like a food item or something, you know, just yeah. something like that. So, I, I'm just, there are ways you could do it better, certainly, but... So, yeah. to, to answer your question, Tyler, I, I feel like a game could do a better job from creating atmosphere and really making you feel that atmosphere in a horror in the horror series uh, genre when it's single player it's much easier to break that wall when there's another player playing with you and that's why it's hard it's almost like comparing apples and oranges when you talk about re4 versus re5 and re6 because re5 and re6 are almost they're action games right with like a yeah. horror as a side whereas mm -hmm. re4 is a good blend of both and yeah. arguably, you could argue you could argue that actually the games that came before RE4 are more of your traditional uh, horror games than mm -hmm. RE4 was. And I yeah. I would say RE4 though is an action game as well because there eventually gets to a point where you're so overpowered that you know you well true the first the first run through is is certainly going to be much more of a atmospheric horror game and then mm -hmm. your second run through you've unlocked all a bunch of stuff and you just lay waste. Not, I would say, though, by the end of that game, though, you are a walking, you know, military surplus. Because I remember at the end of that game, you get a shotgun that can hold 100 rounds in a drum barrel. And I'm just like, nothing is going to stop you with that. <laughs> right. Mm hmm Yeah. Yep. So, so that, is, that is my controversial opinion. I have several I can... others, but I figured that would be the most inflammatory to see. <laughs> Fair enough. Does Does anyone want to do like a rapid fire of some of their other controversial opinions? Sure. The Last of Us Two sucked. I'm just gonna say it. I, I have not played it yet. <laughs> Neither have I. But... Neither have I. So, no spoilers. I <laughs> liked The Last of Us Part Two. I hated it at some parts but i ultimately ended up enjoying it i appreciate what it did um i, I don't think yeah. you can argue that it's not a it's definitely a technical masterpiece it's one of the most beautiful games i've ever played um yeah. 
my biggest gripe with it is pacing. I'm not going to talk about the story spoilers. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Thank you. <laughs> I, I would, no spoilers, but like I would agree that the 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 design for it was really good. I I think it it was the one that like I think it was the one that beat Doom and Ghost for sound. But mm-hmm. I mean it I I know it it was well, a well-made let's, let's, game. Let, let's be honest, right? If you watch the Game Awards the for 2020, it was the Last of Us show, right? The the Last mm-hmm. of Us won almost every award. I didn't yeah. watch it because I knew that's what it was going to be, and I was disappointed. But that's neither here nor there. I will say it looked and sounded fantastic, though. You know, my opinion aside, it is a beautiful game. The pacing and, was what kind of got me. The other thing I will say is if you like the combat of the original The Last of Us, The Last of Us Part 2 does its combat even better. Okay, it, is, good. it plays much better than the original. And I know because I actually played the original before, because it's been like eight years or seven years or however long yeah. since I would played it. So I, I was I wanted to get it fresh. And the original Last of Us definitely still holds up, by the way. But it... The Last of Us 2 has better gameplay. It, it had a lot smoother combat, but I had my own gripes with it. And again, this isn't a spoiler, but just the stealth combat was kind of frustrating for me because if even one person knew where you were at, they would all be lying towards you. I liked that, though. <laughs> that, that, that would be more realistic. The, the masochist in me loved it. <laughs> I was like, okay... I could understand this one person seeing where I was at. His buddies on the other end of whatever town, however, somehow knew exactly where I was at in the bushes and just came straight for me. And I was just like, really? Like, I, I didn't know everything. There's no way. But just little stuff like that really just kind of ruined it for me. And I was kind of like, you know, it, it was a, it was put together really well. I appreciate what they were doing. But I think it could have been executed a little better, at least as far as story and pacing goes. So if if our fan base ever wants it, um, I actually and and you know not not to talk or spoil anything certainly during this this chat, but I actually have um, two ideas I think that would actually make the game better uh, from a pacing standpoint. But I'm not going to say them here because that would spoil yeah. too much. That's fair. But ultimately, I did like that game. Here's my rapid fire. I feel like the DualShock 4 is a garbage dumpster on fire of a controller. It's my only concern. Oh, sorry. Go, no, go, go ahead. Go. I'm just saying there's no way it's going to stay white like that for long. With no, no, gamers no, no. and the food no, no, no. and the greasy fingers. No, no, no. no, no. He I'm said saying the DualShock 4. 4. He didn't say that. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, so, sorry, sorry. I, I've been a, a PlayStation gamer since they originally came out. I I am used to that form factor, and... Um, it's not ergonomic. It's, I, battery life is terrible. Sure. The, I'll give you the battery life. I, yeah. I've gotten around it simply, simply by the fact that... Um, well, now I actually have a charging dock, so... I, I just leave it plugged in, man. It's, it's always charged when I use it, because I'm, I'm throwing it on the charging dock after every use. So, my argument for, for you, Tyler, is go try to play a DualShock 3 or DualShock 2, even... Yeah. And you can see the general improvements that have happened over time. So, the DualShock 4, prior, and I haven't played the DualSense, but the DualShock 4 is definitely better than the ones that came before it. Oh, that, I won't disagree with that. 
I will they're say all terrible. I will say though that I could not play shooters hardly at all on PlayStation Two and Three because those weren't triggers. So the fact that the DualShock Four has triggers for L2 and R2 was instantly a world of improvement for me. So I'm like, well, that's all I want, so I'm good. (laughs) But they are positioned way too high. They're still not comfortable for those triggers, I feel. I would agree with that. They are are positioned kind of high. I don't have as many issues with it, but I will say it it does take a particular... it's, It's a different grip. I can see why it would be frustrating for people. Yeah, and I will say the early uh, ones that I, I, I launch, and it's going to be it's the last console at launch I'm ever going to buy. Uh, but uh, you know, eventually that R2 trigger because it's used so often, you know, it's starting to stick. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that has now been remedied. But again, it's one of those situations like guys, an extra five cents for each of these controllers, you know. Mm-hmm. It might have saved you a lot of money in the long time, but it probably would have saved you, you know, a heck of a lot more headaches than down the line. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't use that controller now because, you know, Spider-Man gets stuck swinging whichever direction he's going and doesn't so stop. Did you, so did you buy yeah. a new controller? Yes. <laughs> then Sony won. Yeah. So I have somehow been lucky in that regard. I've the... um. My only controller issues I've ever had have been with, well, my Joy-Cons, because, you know, Nintendo, please mm-hmm. fix it. Mm-hmm. And then um, my Xbox One controller, my original one that I had, was a piece of crap. Um, really? Yeah. I, the Joy-Con drift was real. Or not Joy-Con drift, but the uh, stick drift. Mm. I, I mm-hmm. had that with an Elite controller. Yeah. yeah. I just so... learned how to uh, replace the analog stick mm-hmm. myself. Mm. Actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Joy-Con, or not Joy-Con, gosh, we're all saying Joy-Con. Uh, <laughs> Shock 4 controller having problems, Tyler, because actually it, it's it's funny. My dad my dad was never really much of a console gamer, uh, but this past year, we um, I, we had got, he'd gotten a PS4, and before the year was up, his PS4 controller was was drifting, like what Chris was saying with the, with the, uh, with the analog. The sticks just weren't centered mm-hmm. very well. So uh, he was having a lot of problems with it pretty quickly. From and I've I've done my homework on it. Apparently, can happen with with any analog stick controller that's out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. Certainly, um, and sex part of the reason why I went and bought I have an elite controller for my Xbox. That thing's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, it's the way that they've designed the analog sticks, and it's the cheap plastic that they put in them, and eventually it wears out, and so that's where it either sticks or it's it think you the game thinks it's moving, but it's actually not moving. It's it, it's a problem, and and I imagine that that's probably, you know, the issue with the Joy Cons. The thing that sucks and is really surprising, and shame on you, Nintendo, is. Apparently, it's even an issue with Switch Lite, which I get for the Joy-Cons because they can swap out. But with the Switch Lite, those are attached, right? It, you have a handheld. It, those, mm-hmm. Unless you replace the whole thing or send it, the whole thing into service with Nintendo, you're stuck with that problem. Yeah. And you can't dock the, the, the Switch Lite either. Mm. So. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, luckily, knock on all the wood here, I only ever had one controller get, like, the uh, drifting problem. That was back in the GameCube days. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, again, knock on all the wood here. Um, but that has been luckily, you know, and I've dropped controllers from a considerable height before. Like, no, but uh, uh, no, it, it is a pain in the in the butt. Like you know, suddenly Mario in Super Mario Sunshine would not stop running forward. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I noticed yeah. it terribly with my Xbox when I was playing Destiny because I'd be moving forward and all of a sudden my gun would start drifting up. Yep. Yeah. It- it's really bad (laughs) yeah Uh, i thought i had one of the uh module pieces but evidently i don't have any spare ones i was gonna show you guys what the actual plasticky module piece looks like gotcha so um uh, my rapid fire um uh controversial opinion uh goes back to um uh, again the xbox 360 and um uh, PS3 era. Uh, I still think that uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim is an overrated game. Did was it uh, revolutionary for the time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as as everyone remembers it to be. Mm. The nostalgia factor. Yeah, and yeah. that I think what hasn't helped them though is. Uh, they beat that horse to death, brought it back as a zombie, and then beat that to death. I mean, they just mm-hmm. they keep re-releasing it, and it's just like, what is the point now? You know, besides yeah. for money, that I know that's the only point, but even then, it's just kind of like, it's got to get now to the point where your cost to produce this on a new disc for a new system has to outweigh the money you are going to get back from this. Oh, I have only debated rebuying it once, and that is because the Switch version has Legend of Zelda costumes. And I'm that much of a fanboy. I don't know if this has much merit, but I feel like it has, at least part of it has to do with the modding community. I know Reddit has a ton of stuff mm. from people where they're just posting stuff where they've modded Skyrim over and over and over again. And because it's an old game, so many people are used to the code by now. They can just, it's an open world, popular game. They can do whatever they want to it. True. All right. Okay. Uh, I think I think I have, I'm, I'm not going to talk about other M tonight promise uh, just that one bit because I, I know then people will actively try and come to my house and harm me um now as i have admitted uh i used to be a rabid nintendo fanboy uh still am i used to be but more so but uh back in the day i had the power to defy logic you know like playstation more like Lame station. Yeah, I, I got over that after high school. Um, I have found so far, I guess my controversial opinion is that Nintendo has made only one game that I have truly, actively hated and despised. I can find merit in parts of all the others, just a little bit. But this one freaking game is on my list of most hated games. Like, I actively have seething hate for that game. I still own this game. As a reminder, you know, why we don't pay full money for stuff sometimes. But the worst game I think Nintendo has ever created was Odama. 
the GameCube game, which was a Japanese feudal military um, RTS RTS and pinball game. Yeah. (laughs) That used the GameCube microphone to command your soldiers. So you play as a bunch of sumo wrestlers that pull the flippers at the bottom. The Odama is a giant metal sphere that goes careening through the battlefield. However, you can easily destroy your own soldiers with said Odama. And the point, the goal is for these sumo wrestlers to get a funeral bell all the way up to the enemy base, which is the top nonsense of the pinball machine. However, you have to attack and get your soldiers up to the base. You only have a limited amount of them. And again, there is a giant pinball going back and forth, killing your own men. And the only way to control these soldiers is your GameCube microphone. Go left. That's not left. 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 Left, you! And it just doesn't work. I beat the first level, could not get past the second level, went back to the first level to practice some more, then thought, okay, I'll move on to the next level. No. I had to beat the first level all over again. Because even though it's on a map screen, on like the menu, like, you know, you see yourself go over to the next part. Nope, wouldn't let me go over. I was then stuck on the first level again, which I could not beat again. And at that point, no, this game sucks. This is the worst Nintendo game ever. Whose stupid idea was it? And come to find out it was made by the creator of Seaman. The Dreamcast game with the fish that has the human face that you talk to like a virtual pet. So you know it's got Makes class. Sense. Yeah. So there. Nintendo's best my controversial opinion. No, not Metroid Other M. Not the worst game that Nintendo ever. No. Odama. That game is a solid Odama-sized turd. All is right. That, is that controversial, He's... though? I mean, I've never even heard of this game. Uh, it, it's controversial because of how much he hates it. Yes, <laughs> I guess. I guess. That, and also, it's just like, as I have said, every other Nintendo game I'm fine with. Even, you know, I will admit some have flaws, but none of them. For how much hate that they get, like Metroid Other M, for how much hate it gets. For Chibi Robo Ziplash, for how much hate that gets. It's still not Odama. All right, because that game is garbage. <laughs> All right, see, nothing is in comparison. You what? didn't even list my least favorite Nintendo game when you were giving examples. Yeah, Yoshi's Story. Still a better game than this. Still better. I actually enjoy that game. I'll admit it's easy, but I do enjoy yeah. it. It just coming off of Yoshi's Island, it was the biggest disappointment on the planet. That is the game where I learned read reviews before you buy a game. What? You don't like eating 30 fruit in a level and winning? <laughs> the levels don't even have ends. You just eat 30 fruits and you end it. I know. <laughs> it, it was definitely, I think, meant to be more of like a kid's game without actually, you know, explicitly saying, hey, this is probably better for kids under the age of seven. <laughs> 
it had no real consequences. It it made me miss Baby Mario. Do you know how bad it has to be if it makes you miss Baby Mario? <laughs> I'll tell you what, the soldiers in Odama are like, you know, baby Mario times a thousand. You know, it's just, Jeez. they don't listen to you. You know, again, you're screaming into a microphone on the GameCube that has as much voice recognition as Hey You Pikachu. And even then, I like that game more than Odama. <laughs> so, uh, how, how did you come into possession of this game, Dave? Like, like did again, someone, like, talk it up for you? Or, or you were just like... It's made by Nintendo. It's got to be golden. That one. <laughs> that <Yeah>. one. <laughs> it was when, in the middle of high school, when I was at the peak of my Nintendo uh, fanboy phase, you know, again, I had the power to defy logic. I would happily get into an argument over you of which console was better. And, you know, and, and now, you know, very quickly after that, I started seeing all these cool games come out for the other consoles, and now I'm grown up enough to be like, well, it's okay to have a favorite, but you know, it's okay to play all this other cool stuff, too. You know, So Nintendo is still my favorite, near and dear to my heart, but I'm not opposed to saying they can't make mistakes like I could back then. That was the lesson, too, though. I guess that was what was controversial. You know, I could accept any flaw until that game came along. And it was just like, oh, God. thought it was a hidden gem, just turned out to be a polished turd. (laughs) Yeah, and like, even then, like, you know, we would watch X-Play on TV, and, you know, they're, like, reviewing it on it. Like, this is rather interesting. And I'm seeing it, and I'm like, oh, it's a pinball game made by Nintendo. No, it's it's pinball and something else that's really weird. That's funny. Yep. Uh, I hate that hey freaking guys, game. <laughs> I hate that freaking game so much. It, it sounds like instead of getting peanut butter and jelly with two genres mixed up, it was a peanut butter mayonnaise and just sadness sandwich. <laughs> uh, throw a turd in there too, and you have a dumb <laughs> peanut butter mayonnaise and tears. <laughs> Dave's tears. There is two. There is only two games on the list that I actively despise. Number one is Odama. Number two is Space Channel Five. <laughs> oh gosh. And Space Channel Five actually might be better, but at the time, I I struggle to read music and keep rhythm sometimes, and there's no visual meter for me to kind of mm. keep track with that in the original Space Channel Five. So I bought that game for the Dreamcast, for a dollar at the dollar store. Just to put in perspective where I got that from. And it was certainly worth a dollar. (laughs) And I know some people love that game. Like, it's, you know, their favorite music rhythm game. But, you know, I can't keep count sometimes to save my life. And I will fully admit that. Even though... I sing and I do theater stuff and things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm good at doing stuff by ear and having like a visual with me, but there is none. <laughs> but at least there's one thing that Space Channel Five has that is better. That's uh, better than Odama. It's not Odama. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, I think that wraps up this week's episode. Do you have any last words of wisdom, guys? Don't play Odama. Don't play Odama. No, don't play Odama. 
And now people are going to start looking at him. Oh, is it really as bad as Dave said? <laughs> they, they were originally going to have that game be played with the DK Bongo controller. Blam, this one for your left bumper, this one for your right. I think if they had not incorporated the stupid microphone, you probably would have had a better time. Because then it would have been like, bum, 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 bum. That would have been fun, you know. But uh, I digress. Well, (laughs) putting an RTS on console is really not the greatest idea. Mm -hmm. Just, Just from jump. The, that those types of games really do belong on PC with the mouse. But... Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I will agree. Well, thank you, listeners. You know, uh, we appreciate you listening. Subscribe, comment, tell us what you love, tell us what you hate, tell us why Dave was wrong about Resident Evil 4. <laughs> <laughs> And Metroid Prime, other M, and Odama. Okay, I can't be wrong about Odama. I, I'm sorry. You know, if you actively like that game, you need to check yourself into your nearest mental institution because uh, there is tangibly something wrong with you. <laughs> I hate that game so much. Uh, that That's like my uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know how... Angry Video Game Nerd has Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as his worst game. Odama is mine. Yep. Fair enough. Well, everyone, stay safe, be kind, bottoms up. <laughs>